0: Number two is this. Do you care enough to weep? Do you care enough to weep? Look at verse four. So it was when I heard these words, this is Nehemiah, that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know, I think that when we think about Nehemiah weeping here, one of the things that occurred to me was the things that we laugh at. And the things that we weep about can can often reveal something about our character. Um, I, I'll give you I'll give you some examples, even even from my own life. Um, you ever you ever see someone trip? And, you know, they, they may catch themselves, but they just look crazy as they're tripping and falling. And your instinct, your first thing is to laugh at them as they're struggling, you know. Sometimes the things that we laugh at can reveal something about our character. Sometimes the things that we weep about. For example, and, and I was thinking about this uh, scene and from, I, I want to say it was the, the, the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, You've Got Mail. Uh, uh, is that right? Cheryl's looking at me like, you know, that's crazy. I mean, Meg Ryan is the queen of rom-coms, right? Uh, so, uh, so here we have this scene, if I remember it correctly, where Tom Hanks is with his current girlfriend in the elevator, and she starts crying and weeping over the fact that she's stuck in an elevator. And then it was in that moment that Tom Hanks saw something in her character over the way that she was weeping, that it was almost this self-centered weeping. So sometimes our weeping can reveal something negative about our character. Sometimes it can reveal something uh, positive about our character. In this case, it's revealing something about Nehemiah, that he has a genuine genuine concern. Nehemiah's weeping reveals a man of strong character. The late Warren Wearsby, a pastor and author, he writes these words, when God puts a burden on your heart, don't try to escape it, for if you do, you may miss the blessing he has planned for you so what makes you weep what makes you weep like i said we've got six of these to get through so let's continue key point number three is this do you care enough to pray do you care enough to pray let's pick back up at verse five through eleven and i said i pray lord god of heaven oh great and awesome god you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servant of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day i pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for i was the king's cupbearer those final words there in the first chapter are a significant follow-up to his prayer it almost at first seems out of place, doesn't it? I mean he said this lengthy prayer and then you have this right at the very end, the like tagged on to the end, for I was the king's cupbearer. I mean what in the world is going on here? What is that what does that mean? Well Nehemiah couldn't just walk into the king's court and submit a two week notice, could he? Hey, by the way, I you know I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna head to Jerusalem. No, Nehemiah could only do what the king would allow him to do. I want you to notice two things about Nehemiah's prayer. First, Nehemiah confesses his own sin and the sin of others. Much of the prayer focuses on confession of sin. In fact, all of verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. The second thing I want us to notice is how Nehemiah knew what to pray. I mean, how did Nehemiah know that God forgives our sins when we repent and confess to him? I think the answer really is simple. The answer is simple because God has made the promise in his word. God has made that promise. Look at Nehemiah, look at verse 8. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens. What is Nehemiah doing? Nehemiah is revealing that he knows something about God's word. He, in fact, is praying God's words back to him. He is dependent upon the promises of God. And he is revealing something about, again, about Nehemiah's character. That he he is is spending time in god's word nehemiah's prayer is closely aligned with what god's word teaches so much so that he even quotes i wonder if too often we might be prone to plan our projects and fill our calendars and then ask god to just bless our plans a 19th century poet Richard C. Trench writes these words, he says, Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven, but getting God's will done on earth. It is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. We really could be better agents of care and hope if we simply knew God's word better. Allow God's Word to to be a part of your prayer life. Because when you can pray the promises of God, it can transform your prayer life. So let me encourage you in your prayer life to appeal to the Word of God.